I, I actually am having a difficult time talking to you without sharing something, but it is a link. So can I share a link with you? <laughs> Do it. There's no way that you haven't seen this, but on the off chance that you haven't seen this, I so desperately want to capture it. And this is one of those things that as soon as I saw it, like every ounce of me wanted to just text it to you immediately, but I felt the need to wait until this moment. So, Ooh. all right, bro, this is a link that's made for the show. Have you, did you see this? The caption says, hi, I'm just learning that Pikachu speaks English in the new Pokemon movie. And yes, it's extremely effing weird. Wait. What? Yes, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you haven't seen this. Before we do anything, I just need you to watch this video. This video is not long, and it's extremely good for many reasons. Please, please, please watch it. So wait, is this footage from an actual movie theater? Yes. And is that the crowd? Is that the crowd <laughs> yes, freaking losing their collective minds? Yes. It is. It's so good. I'm so thankful for this moment. So like were people not prepared for that? I don't think so. Were How? you? Were you Ben? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. How has how has that not leaked out until this? I don't know. I have no idea. Here's uh here's an article that Polygon did on it. It's a weird scene. <laughs> so there's a new movie called Pokemon I Choose You. It's a 20th anniversary movie, which is a testament to how long Pikachu has gone without speaking English. And, uh, well... <laughs> it's only right that he speaks now. <laughs> yeah. It says that Pokemon I Choose You... This is obviously a spoiler for anyone who has not seen this film, including me, but who cares? It's too good. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Pokemon I Choose You, yeah. Throws this out for one climactic scene that's way more disconcerting than anything else. The movie goes through familiar paces of Ash and Pikachu teaming up, Ash making new friends, Ash becoming a chosen hero for some reason, and Ash entering a battle he wasn't at all prepared for. At the end of the battle, Ash, in an effort to protect a battered Pikachu, takes a hit from a bunch of possessed, enraged Pokemon and dies. <laughs> wait, wait, Ash dies? <laughs> yeah. And then it says just before he dies. Seriously, Ash has a vision of Pikachu, his best friend. In this vision, Pikachu talks, and not in its little Pikachu language. It talks to Ash using human speech, and that's the scene. Wait, 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 wait. There are too many, there's too many things <laughs> in this. In this little bite-sized story. I know. It's like breaking news. This is breaking BDYST news. We've never had breaking news before, but here we are. Why? I don't know, man. We talked at a good length last week about who would be good as Pikachu. And I feel like this goes right in the face of everything that we learned. This isn't, this isn't anyone at all. This isn't Hugh Jackman. This isn't Danny DeVito. This isn't even Mark Wahlberg. No. I don't know, man. Like, the more I'm processing it, the more I'm okay with it, I think. Okay. Because they're, they're going to do the Pikachu detective movie. Mm -hmm. So we're already going to get this weird jarring, you know, <laughs> that, that effect when you hear someone on the radio and then you see their face and you're like, that doesn't match. 
it's it's gonna be that disconnect. And at least this movie portrayal, he had a voice that matched his you know little mouse like features. Uh-huh. But they killed Ash. That's a weird storyline, bro. Their 20th anniversary celebrating. Yeah. Pikachu, the character that doesn't talk, talks, and our main boy character dies. He does come back at the end of the movie. Ugh, how? Says that the trainers fight back but are overwhelmed. Ash once again has Pikachu get in its ball as the Pokemon savagely destroy Ash, turning him into pure energy. But then the next paragraph is, however... Ash finds himself in a gray world, which I just appreciate that kind of flowery <laughs> language, but is brought back presumably through Ho-Oh? Ho-Oh's power when Ash protected Pikachu. So it's like he did it for love. He died for love. We got to make a sacrifice come back. It's the, it's the hero's journey, the Christ story in Pokemon form. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu's, no, Ash's Jesus? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and Pikachu is like our sin? humanity oh, I, really, I don't i haven't really worked this out and i really don't know who ho-oh is in this metaphor okay can i show you a link yep do it all right this is another one of these uh, i don't know if you've seen this yet or not but bro did you see this amazon to adapt J.R.R. tolkien's globally renowned fantasy novels the lord of the rings for television with a multi-season production commitment so I saw this lightly. So yeah, if you if you heard about this, you might not have heard about it today. That this has been something that's been being shopped around. The idea of a new Lord of the Rings series, and Amazon's the one that grabbed it up, and will be making something new. And they say that it's not only going to be a Lord of the Rings adaptation, but it's going to be exploring new storylines preceding the Fellowship of the Ring. So it's kind of a prequel of sorts to the movie series. What have we learned? Prequels don't do well. Is there, has there ever been like a really good prequel? Uh, I don't think so, bro. I mean, maybe we need to just Google it. Successful prequels. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm having a hard time racking my brain trying to think of anything. They're saying X-Men First Class. Okay, that was good. Eh, it was all right. It wasn't like amazing. Uh, technically the new Star Trek movie. No. The Godfather Part 2. I mean, hard to argue with the Godfather trilogy. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, Casino Royale. Okay, there's a couple. Batman Begins, Red Dragon. I mean, Casino Royale, that's not really a prequel. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I guess. I mean, it was at the start of his... Yeah, but they're all like, they, they don't, there's no continuity. Not until the newest ones, at least. So. Yeah, I guess. Oh, <laughs> a Rise of the Planet of the Apes and the, the new Planet of the Apes series. Those are pretty good, actually. I haven't seen those, but I've heard they're good. And I believe that. Man, those monkeys look, those apes look so dang real. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia list of prequels, and it's only reminding me of bad things, like the Scorpion King, the Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, the Scorpion Ugh. King 3, Battle for Redemption, and the Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power, which is only two years old. There's four? There's four. Oh, gosh. That's a, that's a lot of them. And it's kind of remarkable that they're still going on Dang. the newest one was a netflix original okay all right oh my favorite my favorite is the lion king one and a half <laughs> okay yeah i mean <laughs> uh, as far as titles go as far as titles go that definitely is a perfect perfect entry i mean man we just proved it. We don't know why the hot shots at Amazon didn't go this route and just look up this Wikipedia page because I think you're correct. There is no such thing as a good prequel. Not ah, can cancel the show. We we answered the lifelong yeah. question. <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty obvious like 
get me that new Game of Thrones kind of move. Ah, uh, yeah, basically. Which I mean, I guess I understand, right? It's like Game of Thrones is about to be over. You need a new one. I guess Amazon could do it. Here's here's the thing: is that this actually does answer my desire for a Lord of the Rings series, which is that I just hate the dang movies because they're just kind of weird and old. And I wish that the Lord of the Rings movies were filmed and scripted like Game of Thrones. So I'll be curious to know if they try to, like, what is the influence going to be? Is the influence going to be more Fellowship of the Ring, like the movies? Or is it going to be more Game of Thrones, the TV show? Like, which one's going to influence this more? I would I would put money on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's the sex, successful proven property. Mm. The last taste we've had of the ho- of Lord of the Rings was The Hobbit. And people didn't like that. And in fact, the Tolkien estate was kind of unhappy with it as well. So I think they're going to go with Game of Thrones. And if that's the case, eh. The Tolkien estate was unhappy with the prequel of the Hobbit movies? I think, I'm not exactly sure what the timeline is or what the true story is. But Mm -hmm. uh, apparently the Tolkien estate is not happy with any of the films. Whoa. I mean, especially with the the Hobbit ones. But I don't think they loved the uh, initial three. Interesting. Have you ever read the books? I have not. You know I don't like reading. Mm, good point, good point. I don't know what I was thinking. Come on. My bad, my bad. <laughs> you gotta know your demo, bro. You gotta know my brand. I mean, the, the I just brought it up because the books are very different from the movies. That's what I've heard. That's a pretty cliched thing to say, but it's true. And just in the sense that the books have no interest in, like, telling a war story or an action story. They're very much, like, fantasy adventure. So that's a bit different from the movies and how they end up making these massive set pieces for action scenes. So in that case, I don't think that we're going to end up seeing a non-action oriented Lord of the Rings. It just is kind of like, that's what we like fantasy for. I feel like is these big things, but I mean, I don't really know. Game of Thrones kind of does feel more nuanced and like subtle. Like there are crazy scenes, but they're more personal than the Lord of the Rings, like set pieces where dudes are firing 30 arrows at one orc and the orc's doing this thing to a troll and the troll's doing this and this guy's over here, you know, like it's, it's, I guess a little different. We'll see how it translates. Now that you're saying this out loud, I kind of hope that they go a third route. I hope they don't follow the previously established uh, Lord of the Rings brand. I hope they don't go with the super serious, ultra political Game of Thrones route. Yeah. But I hope they go with the weird, like... Okay, did you watch The Hobbits at all? No, definitely not. Okay, so the uh, the 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 scenes with the brown wizard who like turns into a rabbit or whatever. Okay, Radagast the brown. Oh, okay, I actually, yeah, I mean, I, I read the book, so I know that character. That character is great. So his scenes were cool because he was like very quirky and weird. And then they met up with that one bear guy that like turns into a bear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff was like, oh, interesting. It almost had a, a wonderment that like Harry Potter has. I kind of hope that they go for like a quirky mystical enchanted route you know they could still do serious but i feel like that hasn't been that's not being done right now and because sometimes game i I don't watch game of thrones but whenever i see my roommates watching it, i'll stop for like a minute to just see the scene it's like kind of super depressing and like all your favorite characters are always done oh yeah i can't watch it for that reason yeah it's super drab everyone's dying everyone's backstabbing everyone which you know it's cool it's like a political show but you know in medieval times but yeah it's 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 draining and i, I get people love it and are super rabid fans about it but if i had to you know say what i would want to see i'd want to see something other yeah i agree with you all right give me a link bro did you see this 
So <laughs> apparently Disney could lose the rights to some of its CGI characters. What? What does that mean? So Reardon LLC, which claims to own the rights to MOVA, which MOVA is like a uh, CGI model suite kind of thing, like almost like a Adobe Photoshop suite, okay. has been suing a Chinese company for stealing the technology, okay. which was then used by studios in the films. Uh, so some of the movies that it could affect are Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Deadpool, Night at the Museum. So yeah, the case seems to hinge on whether MOVA is thought of as a program like Photoshop or Word in which the user creates content which they own the rights to or does the lion's share of the work, in which case the MOVA creators can claim to own whatever has been made with the software. Weird. Right? So yeah, it, ma it makes me wonder like, oh, can this happen with like a Photoshop? Right, yeah. Something that I use? Adobe just claims all of your art. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all mine now. You made it with Photoshop, and that's us. So we own your stuff. I mean, because technically, like, they changed up their, you know, it's like all cloud-based now. It's not physical CDs that you're downloading and, you know, installing. It, it scares me. It definitely puts the fear of, like, ah, uh, how do I prevent this? And it kind of even links back to our previous combo that we had about copyright and, you know, how to be an artist and be in the know of how to protect your intellectual property. Yeah, so I'm, I'm reading about it, and the brief itself is saying, look, in a situation like a Word document or a Photoshop file, authors write the books by typing every word. Artists create a work of art in Photoshop by deciding on every specific treatment of every pixel. But in this case, like, the bulk, the lion's share of the animation is being done by the program, not by the director. That it's like a, a generated uh, logic for the character model or the or the environment? I guess, yeah. I mean, here's the deal. There, there's no way. There's no way they're going to win, right? I mean, one, it's Disney. Two, their desire is not to own the Hulk and Rocket Raccoon. Their desire is to get a ton of money. So I think that I'm guessing their hope is for a major payday by someone like Disney and then also future licensing. So, I mean, there, there's no way that like, oh, I guess we can't use all these CGI characters anymore. <laughs> but I mean, I think I, it is an interesting concept, right? Like, yeah, I get why this is interesting to you, because I always talk about this kind of stuff myself in the sense that I believe that quite a few things that we see as artistic methods of creation are going to be more and more and more in the hands of a computer and a technology than in ours. Like, you know, I have a DJI drone, and when you go out and you film it and you record with the drone, at the end of that, it says, do you want to make a movie? And you just push a button, and it compiles all the footage you shot in that day and makes a quick movie out of it without you doing anything at all. Like it just takes random shots and edits them together? It takes random shots and edits them together. It finds the smoothest parts of it. It tries to cut properly. It adds music to it. It does it all without you having any input. And then you can go in and tweak it. But I mean, it's it's 100% a video that's edited by a computer. And I mean, that's just is going to be the norm sooner or later. Like that has to happen. That has to happen. That there are certain things that a computer will actually be better at than us like when i go and edit a, a shot with the drone you know i'm cutting off the beginning where i take off i'm cutting off the end where i slow it down i'm trying to find the part where it's like the smoothest and the most pretty that's all stuff that an algorithm could figure out way better than i could at a way faster pace yeah but it just can't yet so i mean at a certain point like when does that become 
mine and when does it become theirs? Because if I took all of the footage and then I let it edit it for me, is that my movie or is that DJI's movie? Because not only did DJI edit the video, but their camera was the camera that shot all the footage. I didn't stabilize it. I didn't do anything except take it to a certain place and point it in a certain direction. It's even kind of in a weird way flying itself because I have control over it, but it has more control over it than I do. Yeah. It'll stop if there's a hazard. It'll try to understand how what the winds are like and you know fight the winds to get the most stable shot. So, I mean, it's kind of not mine, right? Like if we're saying who did the lion's share of the work, the answer is 100% DJI. And that's going to be true in a lot of different cases, not just video. And so do you think they own your video? I don't know. What do you think? So if I was answering from the business's perspective, I'd say that it's your video, but we can do whatever we want with it. Very similar to like how Facebook, yeah, post your images, but we have the right to use them in an ad because you're posting it on our platform. So I would, you know, if I was DJI, I'd be like, yeah, you can use it, but we can take that and put it in our cloud network and use it for, you know, uh, highlight reels. Right, right. But then as a creator, as a user, a part of me is like, yeah, sure. It's just the price of admission. I'm using your service. I'm using your products. But then Photoshop or Illustrator or something more intimate like that, where I'm, you know, I won with the technology. That one, that one scares me. Not scares me. That's the wrong word. But like, it makes me concerned of like, ah, I don't want you guys to benefit off my work. Mm -hmm. Yes, you built the technology. Yes, you, you know, put in the filters. Yes, you put in the sets of brushes and whatever. But I put in the 10 hours of manipulating, of finessing, of fine-tuning, of scrapping it and starting over. And that was all my brain. So yeah, and, and also I think I have a little bit of sympathy for the studios that were making these things because it just seems like such an industry standard to use a library of presets and textures. I mean, I think a weird thing is that even though they are suing Disney and like different companies in a weird way, they're not because I think that their beef isn't necessarily with the studios, but it's with them using this thing called Mova. Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems like what's happening is that there are two different companies that are vying to do the CGI work for these films. And one of them has been winning those bids and the other company is saying, but you're using our technology. And that's the weird thing. You know, that that to me is the big difference between this and like you working in Photoshop is that this isn't some dude doing art by himself. This is a corporation creating this major film with like hundreds of people. I don't really know how many people it takes to make a movie these days, but it's quite a few. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, definitely weird. And it, it shows, right? It shows like how big these things are getting. And how important these things are getting. That where CGI used to be like a bit of a movie. I mean, where it is the movie now. Yeah. Like I wonder if two companies fighting over getting bids from Disney is the the best justification of this argument. If it should be like, I don't know. It, it seems tainted off from the start. And it could have bigger ramifications than these people probably even know. And it's already in like in the in the role of things and there's nothing we can do to stop it necessarily so that that also makes me like uh concerned of like ah why did we just throw out lawsuits like right away 
Couldn't you have gone to some business bureau of like, hey, we want fair chances at job bids? Yeah, I feel like these things are just becoming more and more valuable. So they're just going to get more and more litigious. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way it goes. You want to give me another link? Yeah. So we we both got our uh, iPhone 10s mm-hmm. uh, this past week, or you got it earlier. Uh-huh. So I found this on Twitter, and it is, bro, did you see this? This Jeff Goldblum Apple commercial. Oh, good. I'm very excited for this. It's pretty great. So, you know, it seems like there's a big party going on these days. Everybody say, what's your email address? What's your email address? Hey, everybody, I'll email you. I, I don't have an email. What's this? You know, like that? And you feel left out. You've been confused. It's too expensive or something. Well, now good news. There's a computer so easy. Ten minutes out of the box. You're onto the Internet. You're emailing everybody. You're part of the party. It's as easy as, as uh, you know, licking a stamp. That's it? Yep. <laughs> okay. Isn't that weird? Never seen that before in my life. Neither have I. I didn't even know he did ads for Apple. Yeah. But it's like so perfectly Jeff Goldblum. I'm so excited, Ben. I'm so excited to really dig deep into the archives of like late 80s, early 90s advertising. I'm not ready yet. I want to give it another 10 or 20 years. But all this stuff's going to look so it, – it looks so insane already. And yeah, it's going to look him. so insane. <laughs> <laughs> Once it just is like totally when you couldn't imagine a world without email and without internet and without technology, this kind of stuff's going to be so wild to look back on, don't you think? I feel like someone, you know, in our generation is going to make a museum yeah. of these like types of weird oddities of marketing, of like culture, some time capsule museum of remember when. We didn't have phone interfaces integrated into our eyeballs, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And here's Jeff Goldblum, who's, I think, probably pretty adept at email at this point, I would wager. I don't know. I feel like he, he's still pretty eccentric and, yeah, like, calls on a messenger pigeon. He might still use that same iMac that he's advertising in this, in this video. Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not even, like, a bunch of generations down the road. I feel like even our kids showing them this kind of ad is going to like explode their brains of like what like when they're well into adulthood <laughs> and we're you know old and gray check this out what dad there was no email did you ever use a computer like this by the way the old iMac the big old CRT iMac yeah i did in um elementary school did you have that hockey puck mouse i love that thing i did i didn't like it oh come on man i did like the colors though yeah which one which one was yours the bondi blue no our <laughs> bondi blue that's a, an actual color mm-hmm. <laughs> no our t- our school always got like the teal ones they never splurged for yellow or red or bondi blue <laughs> they always got teal yeah maybe it was the one people would like the least definitely no flower power yeah was that actual the actual other color oh my oh well don't worry, I will pull it up for you. Yeah, just send me the link. Just <laughs> I got you. I got you. You might recognize it. Oh God! Wait, that was a real colorway. Yeah, dude. How great is that? It's not great at all. You don't want the uh, flower power iPhone? Please tell me you have a mock-up of that. <laughs> no, I Google it, but there's nothing. Sadly, ah, uh, so sad. Dang. Really unfortunate. All right, so to get our fill for the you know impending doom of technological apocalypse. Bro, did you see this one? A friend of mine actually sent me this link. Big data meets big brother as China moves to rate its citizens. Whoa, what's this mean? (laughs) So it's like a social credit system. Okay. 
it's it's Black Mirror come to life. <laughs> I've never seen Black Mirror, by the way, which obviously. Oh, really? I should definitely. Yeah, I know. It's like, I know. It's like Drew, like a show that's like target demograph is Drew Kaufman. That's so fascinating that you haven't seen it. Because there's even some episodes that I'm like, eh, I'm not into this. But thinking back, you'd probably love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out sometime soon. So imagine Im- imagine a world where many of your daily activities were constantly monitored mm-hmm. and evaluated. Mm-hmm. What you buy at shops and online, where you are at any given time, who your friends are, and how you interact with them. How many hours you spend watching content or playing video games, and what bills and taxes you pay or not. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to picture because most of that already happens thanks to all those data collecting behemoths like Google, Facebook, and Instagram. Right. So yeah, basically the Chinese government wants to create a citizen score and it would tell everyone whether or not you were trustworthy. Wow. And the ratings would be publicly mm. ranked against the entire population. Did you ever watch Community? Yeah. Did you watch the episode with Meow Meow Beans? <laughs> yes, I did. Hey guys, Bixel and I would like to introduce you to a little app called Meow Meow Beans. Mm. Meow Meow Beans lets you say how much you like, who you like, when you like, all from a standard non-boost mobile phone. Let's see how it works. Bixel, what did you think of the way the Dean introduced us? I thought he did great. That's why I'm giving him five Meow Meow Beans. Aw. Well, Bixel, I'm sorry, but I thought his intro was just okay. That's why I'm going to give him two out of five Meow Meow Beans. Meow 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 Beans. With Meow Meow Beans, students can rate teachers. Teachers can rate students. Everyone and anyone can rate each other. Meow Meow Beans. So that's what we got. Basically. But yeah, the system is going to like determine eligibility for a mortgage or a job where your children can go to school. This is like way serious. This is the serious Meow Meow Beans. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's weird because in a way, this is already happening but not like not an official score that's being created yeah exactly the data is there exactly we have a credit check you know no you can't just go out and get a mortgage you have to be able to pass a credit score and your credit score isn't public though and it's mandatory we're already pretty accustomed to rating stuff and i think that the problem isn't even necessarily that this is an additional rating it's that in my estimation we're pretty bad at rating stuff. <laughs> yes. That's something that we're very good at. We only rate stuff when we're mad or like we have some kind of personal benefit to doing it. We're not people that just rate things fairly. And also, you know, any metric, any number rating system that I've ever seen has that problem where anything that's not perfect automatically becomes bad. I think you can, you can get kicked off of Uber if you have underneath like a 3.2 or something like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So many times it's like you... You're at like a car dealership or something and they're like, oh, please leave us a rating. Don't forget that anything under a five is like terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not perfect, that's like a mark against me. And that's the problem with these systems, right? Is it just that they're kind of weird, but they suck and they end up causing all these problems. So when is the next fight? Yeah, they're all kind of full. Uh, I booked this weeks ago. It's my best friend's wedding. I'm sorry. I have to get there. I have to. Let's see what we can do. Thank you. I see there's one standby seat on another plane leaving tonight. Uh, That's reserved for members of our prime flight program. You got to be a 4.2 or over to qualify. Oh, I'm I'm a Mm 4.2. I'm afraid you're actually a 4.183. Well, that's not my fault. Um, Some woman dinged me down in the cab. Can't you just... I'm sorry, it won't let me book it without the correct ranking. 
But it's so close. There's just nothing I can do. Christ, I mean, surely. I'm going to have to ask you to moderate your language there. Wow, this was what, the, dude? You're you're getting on my you're you're stepping on my game. I'm the guy that brings the weird dystopian stuff. I know, but I had to. It was a friend of mine. He he showed me, and I was like, oh, this needs to make it to the show. Well, gosh, I need to process this, and like, <laughs> I think that I I still stand by my my perspective, which is this is already happening. It just isn't publicized, and now it's publicized, and that's weird. And I think that it's our responsibility as people that don't want to become uh, an episode of Black Mirror or Community to like push back on it because it's not a good thing. There's really no good solution to this. Like, there's no good outcome where everything has a rating. There are moments in life where you shouldn't be reduced to a number. There are moments where things happen and we have emotion because we're emotional beings. Like, we actually don't have total control over our emotions. So, to believe that we do is crazy making. And only really benefits like the whole and not the individual. And that's the kind of stuff, right? I mean, it's it's pretty interesting that it's China, a place that does really care about the whole and doesn't care as much about the individual. That's the one that's saying, yes, let's push forward with this. Yeah. And any time that we start caring about the community more than the, the individual, I think we, we mess up. I wonder, though, how successful this program will be in China. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty compliant as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it probably will go off without a hitch. And they'll just be like, yeah, this is our new rating system. I feel like this would explode in America. (laughs) And this would break people's brains. This talks about it. You know, there was that people's system, which I don't know. Did you know about that? I didn't. They mentioned it in the article. There was somebody who tried to do this, like a startup that tried to do rate humans a few years ago. And there was so much backlash. There was so much like horrible reprehensible this is an abomination type talk on the internet that the startup just folded immediately and that the app never came out so i mean as of right now i don't think that we are into the idea which i think is a great thing i'm changing the subject completely to how good humanity is because bro did you see this amazing picture okay let's see (laughs) oh i do love this gucci mane Cut his wedding cake with a sword. He's got a 10-foot-tall cake. Yep. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah. It's very ornate. And he's holding a diamond-studded sword. (laughs) Very regal. And he is holding that sword high above his head. Yeah, why is he cutting that tier? (laughs) There's a tier right in front of him. He didn't go for the bottom tier, and he didn't even go for the eye-level tier. (laughs) He went for the one that's, like, way out of reach. He went for the one they said it was impossible, and he said no. I want there are there are some photos that I feel like stand the test of time, and I want to print out immediately <laughs> and put in a time capsule. And this is one. Of you those think this is one of those? Just this is one of those deserves deserves to be forever preserved and cherished by future citizens of the earth. Okay, I do have one more link to share. Oh, okay, and it's a very important one. Okay. It is the Wikipedia page for the Scorpion King 4 Quest for Power. Yes! Which I did mention earlier, and I do need you to look at. Oh, no. Is that Lou Ferrigno? Yes, it is. Oh, gosh. The first sentence of the Wikipedia page plot is, Matthias and his partner Drazen, who is under the Acadian's tutelage, infiltrate the palace of Skuruza to find and acquire an artifact known as the Um of Kings for King Zakor of Al-Morad 
which is a good sentence. It's a very good sentence. <laughs> and if you look, I, I just challenge you. I challenge you to look at any sentence in this entire one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine paragraph plot and find a single sentence that just would like make sense to someone who isn't deeply entrenched in Scorpion King lore. You can't do it. You know what I bet, though? Mm -hmm. That none of these payoff from previously previous scorpion king movies pick a number between one and nine okay i got it uh-huh what no no you gotta tell it to me oh okay uh two uh, this is the magic trick i can't do a magic trick on on air i don't i don't know bro <laughs> i don't know where you're going with this <laughs> okay two now pick a number between one and three three okay that sentence is drazen gives the urn to his father king yannick who shatters it to retrieve the golden key of lauren alkaman which has the true inscription written on it. My favorite part is the Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power, uh -huh. and then parentheses, previously known as the Scorpion King, The Lost Throne. Oh, good. So much more clear. Yeah. Before, we, I thought it was about a throne, but now I know it's about power as a whole. Scorpion King 2 is a prequel to Scorpion King. Of course. And that's amazing that it's a prequel to a prequel. Didn't even know that was possible. Last of the Black Scorpion Warriors. We need your help. From Universal Pictures ah! and the producers of The Mummy comes an all-new movie. The crown will be mine. When a great evil threatens their land, the fate of humanity rests with one man. I will hunt him down. Get ready to die. Not the person that you send to make peace. Hi, I'm Lisa with all the latest movie news. Director Paul Feig has announced the official main cast of the Ghostbusters reboot with Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Next up, the imitation game filmmaker Malton Tilden is being eyed to direct Sony sci-fi thriller Passengers starring Keanu Reeves. And last up, the Hunger Games star Liam Neeson has received an offer to star in Independence Day 2 for director Ronald Emmerich. Download our Filmies Now app, available for both Android and iOS. And I'll see you next time.